Live to tape. Welcome to Millennial Season 3, Episode 46. I'm Andrew. I'm Elisa. And I'm Laura. It's a big week for nerds. Star Wars The Last Jedi comes out this weekend. Are you guys yes! excited? I'm so excited. Yes! Wait, Laura, you're excited? I didn't know that. Really? I love Star Wars. Oh, okay. I didn't know. Do you guys ha- have your tickets purchased then? Fuck no. yes! <laughs> really? I... I, so here's my thing. I'm not really into midnight releases of stuff. Like, I would just much rather let it go two weeks until the crowds die down and then go see it. That's fair. Crowds are terrible. I premieres, I'll, I'll grant you that. But what is cool, though, is lately there's this trend, and Star Wars has adopted it, where it's not, it doesn't actually release at midnight. I'm going at 7 p.m. Same. And, um, which is awesome because you go earlier, I mean, technically it's supposed to be like a midnight release, but like around, around here, for instance, it's like the earliest showing is actually like 630. So you can start seeing the movie at 630 instead of midnight, which is amazing. So I'm going at seven, hopefully fingers crossed before the crowds get too bad. But, um, it's yeah, I, I, I got my tickets the minute they started selling them, which was hectic because i don't know about you andrew but at least when i tried to purchase them everyone seemed like they were trying to get them yeah and i had to like wait in this line where like there was a lightsaber that was like counting down and like the lightsaber would glow more and more along um, the line like the closer i got to the end and then at the end it says you have 30 seconds to pick your seats and like holy shit yeah it gave me like it might have been 45 seconds but it was definitely under a minute and i had to speed run through that shit it was intense damn well and you and you said you got to pick your seats too right so you don't have to stress about like getting to a seat or two late yeah that's the best yeah that is the best i'm i'm pretty pumped for this i've been looking for like some kind of costume to wear (laughs) um but they're they're pretty pricey so i don't know we'll see but i'm i'm stoked for it yeah, I have a BB-8 shirt I'll probably wear if I still fit into it. It's back in the days when I used to buy smalls. Um, but yeah, so I bought the 7 p.m. screening as well. I'm so glad that this trend began. I want to say it began back around like the Hunger Games or the last Harry Potter movie. Yeah. Because because I'm too old for this shit going out at midnight and then you're out till like 3 a.m. And this is a Thursday night. So you, you arrive at work, uh, you know, with like four hours sleep. Fuck that shit. What is the thrill of seeing a movie at midnight if you don't have to? There, there's no point in doing that. Yeah, and I, you know, if I had to, I would. To be clear. Yeah. But if I don't have to, I definitely, definitely won't. I mean, especially for something like Star Wars, these movies tend to be longer than like your standard hour and twenty five minutes, right? Yeah. I mean, they usually have a runtime exceeding two hours, so. I mean, you're looking, like you said, not getting home till like 3 a.m. But, and, yeah. And, and Laura, you said you're waiting a couple of weeks to see it? Yeah, I'll probably wait till after Christmas, to Are be you... honest with you. Okay, like, I understand where you're coming from, but in the case of Star Wars, 
aren't you afraid that you're going to get spoiled? Because apparently some big stuff is happening in this movie. I have, to, I feel like I have to see it right away or else I'm going to get spoiled. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I really enjoy Star Wars and I'm a fan. But I'm not, in terms of my level of Star Wars fanaticness, it's not like the Harry Potter level where I feel compelled to do it super early to gar- safeguard myself from spoilers. I love mm-hmm. Star Wars. However, it is a basic morality story. Um, so I don't see anything happening that is going to completely catch people off guard. Like, even if it's not something I'm expecting and I hear about it, I'll be like, oh, well, that makes sense in the the arc of the story. Well, to that end, uh, talking about spoilers... I think the big thing that everyone's waiting to see is who are Ray's parents. What's right. what's, what's her what's her story? And because we don't know that yet, and that's sort of I think going to be the big reveal for this movie. I'm excited to to see what they do with that because I don't know I don't know what they could do that isn't predictable. You know, to your point, Laura, I don't know what they could do that isn't predictable. Like if it's if it's if if Luke is her father, that just seems like hitting it way too on the nose. Like now it really is just like a complete rehash of the original um mm. trilogy. Mm-hmm. And and but if it's Han and and Leia's daughter, that also seems a little bit obvious and contrived. And so I'm not sure who's I'm not sure what her lineage could possibly be that's going to genuinely feel fresh and and creative and exciting but i have heard from those who've seen the movie already from like those who've written reviews that it actually is a pretty cool reveal so hopefully hopefully i'll be surprised but that's i think that's going to be the big the big thing that comes out of this movie i think what's going to happen it's going to have turned out that after giving birth to a failure of a son and having Han abandon her, Leia decided she wanted a daughter. And so she went and did in vitro fertilization. Mm. Okay. It's very forward thinking. I am yeah. I am rooting for that outcome. I think that yeah, we're gonna we are gonna hear about her family, but I think there's gonna be some other surprises in this movie. Like there was a lot of chatter about uh Finn and Poe potentially being gay for each other. Like I- I'm waiting for a gay storyline. That would be gigantic for Star Wars. Um, maybe some other big characters could die. Will Luke die? Well, I mean, Leia presumably has to die at some point because yeah. very sadly, you know, we we lost Carrie Fisher. Um, so and that's another thing that I'm curious to see. How do they do that? Because she was supposed to be such a huge part of this new narrative that I, I'm really curious to see how they how they get rid of her in a way that's respectful but also like good storytelling and i feel like that's a hard balance to strike you don't want to particularly since the the actress herself died you don't want to be disrespectful in the way you portray that death but you also want to make it appropriately dramatic so that it's an exciting and compelling moment so that's that's the other thing too i i do you guys have any theories though i'm so hell-bent on this do you have any theories about who her parents actually are? Uh, eh. No, I I just I don't bury myself that deeply into Star Wars, so I have no opinion or feelings on it. <laughs> no, that's fine. I just I was curious if there are any like listeners who have great theories. I'd be I'd love for you guys to to write in 
Um, yeah, sound off in the chat. Yeah. People Let listening me know. live. This yeah. has been my life for the past week, just like Googling like theories. Who is Rafe's parents? <laughs> well, who do you think they are? I don't have I don't have anything that's good. Every time I think I've settled on it, I question that. I yeah. will let me I will say this though. I will be super fucking pissed if it's one of like the holy trinity. If it is a Luke, Han, or Leia, I'll be real fucking mad. Because that's so lame. Yeah. I, I feel like that's way too predictable, even for Star Wars. That's way too predictable and feels like something that I could have come up with. Like in the fucking bathroom taking a shit, I could have been like, "Yeah, so Luke has a kid." <laughs> like that's not that's not good storytelling. But I I will note though that J.J. Abrams, who directed the first film, and then the new director, who I can't remember his name now, who's directing the Last Jedi, Ryan Johnson. Thank you, Ryan Johnson. Um, they both came up with the answer to who are raised parents on their own separately and came to the same conclusion. Hmm. So JJ Abrams wrote the original and and conceived the original story in his head with that answer in mind, but he didn't tell anybody. And when the new director Johnson was hired, he wouldn't even tell Johnson. He actually told Johnson, listen, the second movie is going to be your baby. So you get to decide. And it turns out Johnson chose the exact same answer as Abrams had thought of all along, which I'm very happy to hear because that means that there should be some continuity, um, you know, between, yeah. between the stories. Right. Um, the movie premiered over, over the weekend and um, the reactions were very good. The reviews can officially be released on Tuesday, December 12th, at which point uh, we'll have already recorded this episode. Um but it looks like it's going to be very, very well reviewed. And that's exactly why a few weeks ago, Lucasfilm announced that Rian Johnson's going to be doing a whole other Star Wars trilogy, trilogy completely un unrelated to what's going on in the current trilogy. So they clearly have a lot of faith in him to continue, uh, you know, developing a galaxy far, far away. Anyway. We'll share more thoughts next week during our Christmas episode, our last episode of the year. You saw another movie, Lisa, recently? Yeah, over the weekend I went and saw Coco, which was not entirely what I expected, but really good. And I don't know, it's there's not a whole lot to say about it, but I thought it was worth noting that I found it a really I found it really compelling because it was a story of this Mexican family and gave you so much insight. If you're like white wonder bread and you have Me. no idea like what Dio de los Muertos is or like what all of those, um, there are those traditions are and what they're about. Like I've seen, I've seen the decorations and I had like some vague general idea, but I really didn't know anything. And so going into that, I mean, it really explores that heritage and that culture in such a beautiful way. And I never would have, I never would have learned that otherwise. So I thought they did a tremendous job with it and everyone should see it just for that reason alone. Cause I think that they were, they portrayed it so well. I, what I didn't find it to be honest with you though, in terms of the storytelling capacity, I didn't find it quite up to par with what Pixar normally does. Hmm. Um, okay. Like it, the, the scenes weren't like necessarily as 
they weren't as like compelling or interesting to me the first half of the movie like all the dialogue was very sort of in your face like no don't do that i'm going to do it anyway ha 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 in your face like it seems like very kind of bad dialogue writing but the last half of the movie made up for it because i walked out in tears yeah just sobbing like a child. yeah so. and not necessarily in a sad way right i heard it's not like sad tears it's very bittersweet okay it's bittersweet point is go see it if you haven't already it's it's completely worth your while okay yeah cool. i've been meaning to so y'all i need to i need to ask something hmm. um as everyone knows, uh, here at the show, during our last episode of the year, it's our Christmas episode, and we do a secret Santa because we we record our Christmas show live, uh, and we're all on camera, so you can watch us open up our secret Santa gifts on the air oh, I forgot and get about the drunk with part. each other. Uh, what? I forgot about the camera part. Ugh. Oh, why? I'm just kidding. Go ahead. Oh, I was like, Andrew, I don't think you've changed that much since last year. Um <laughs> But I got my secret Santa gift the other day, and it's uh, massive. The box is enormous. It's hmm. almost as tall as I am and about three times as wide as I am, which is quite an accomplishment. <laughs> um, so I'm scared. Oh, Maybe you boy. should be. And, I'm scared and, of what's in it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what You posted a picture of it in the private facebook group what what do you what are your theories as to what it is i feel like it is some sort of cardboard cutout because it's very light so that's the only thing i can really justify being that big and yet that light and i'm terrified i think it's one of two things i think it's either a cardboard cutout of donald or donald trump or one of bernie sanders And everyone who's familiar with the show knows that neither of those things would please me. This sounds like a Matt gift. Oversized. <laughs> something you don't want. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Matt can't defend himself, unfortunately. But I, my gift, my guess is it's from Matt. Of course, we don't know what it is yet. So maybe it's. Not. I'm actually supposed to be ordering my secret Santa for my person tonight. And I'm me really. Too. I'm really on the fence about whether to go with something that's like that's funny versus something that's real. And every mm-hmm. fucking time I go, I try to go with something that's funny, and then I end up feeling terrible because you guys get me really good gifts. Fucking Andrew right. got me like that stand-up special with Amy Schumer and like some Thomas Jefferson book. And yeah. I was so touched. And then I like <laughs> got someone like a fucking dildo i don't remember but it was not that sweet yeah you got me a glenn beck book that's right (laughs) yeah i guess my stance on is like if i'm gonna spend money on you i should make it something worthwhile that that you'll actually use and not want to throw out you know so that's why i got you that the thomas jefferson book that's because you're very considerate andrew i'm a very nice person (laughs) <laughs> I stress over giving uh, over picking holiday gifts for people because I, I I'm like oh my god did they have this what if they already have this what if they don't like it I want I absolutely want every gift I give somebody to be perfect so I recently was doing some shopping and I was like staring at a couple of things in Target having anxiety over what to pick do you guys get that too where you like really worry about it 
No. Uh, even for people you love? I mean, I just tend to be really straight up with people and be like, what do you want? <laughs> Tell yeah. me what you want and I will buy it. What about surprising people? I mean, I'm not going to lie. I am really excited to give my boyfriend his present this Aww. year because it's well no it's it's gonna be a genuine surprise i think mm. um and i'm just really proud of myself yeah <laughs> so i actually have a christmas idea that i thought of for myself that would actually make me cry if i received it but mm -hmm. now but i don't want to tell anybody yet because it would ruin the magic for me if if they got this for me and I had asked them to. If somebody goes and does this for me out of the kindness of their heart, that would just kill me. I would just die. So I can't I feel like I can't say it, and yet I secretly want somebody to do it for me. And yet I mm. don't want them to. You know what I'm saying? It's like, ugh. Why don't you order it for yourself and then <laughs> list the return address as being from Schmandrew Mims? <laughs> But the thing is, I can't order it. It's a priceless gift. Oh. I, I want somebody to go to the stage door of Springsteen on Broadway and have Bruce sign our photo together. Moments after I said to him, you mean everything to me. It would mean everything to me if somebody got this for me. Because people do this. I see it on Facebook. I'm like, oh, fuck. That's such a great idea. So, listeners, it would mean everything to Andrew. Wink, wink. <laughs> Please go and do this for me. I'll whisper into your ear that you mean everything to me and I'll, I'll hug you and then we'll take a picture. <laughs> uh, um, anyway, changing gears over to sad news. Enough joy. Blah. Yeah. We kind of wanted to take a few moments just to talk about this at the top of the show to acknowledge that it happened. Um, there was an attempted terror attack today in New York City. A 27-year-old man from Bangladesh was arrested today after he allegedly detonated an improvised bomb near the Port Authority bus terminal during rush hour. Um, thankfully, nobody was killed in the attack, though several people were injured. And we wanted to just bring this up to highlight the White House's response to this. Of course, Sarah Huckabee Sanders was out in full force today talking about the importance of immigration reform as the Trump administration would like to see it. Um, looking for things like the the quote unquote Muslim ban. Uh, worth noting, however, is that the bomber was from Bangladesh, which is not one of the countries in the ban. So the ban wouldn't have done anything about this anyway. Um, but I think it's just important to pay attention to this, uh, to recognize that the, that this administration is going to use any piece of bad news that they can to try and push their agenda through, to try and fear monger and to try and stop people of certain backgrounds from coming to this country. And we can't let them do it. All right. It's time now for Surprise Bitch. Surprise Bitch! Surprise Bitch! Ah, that was a surprise, wasn't it? You didn't expect that coming. We're going to call Naviet. N-A-I-V-E-T-T-E. -T -T -E. How do you pronounce that, Laura? I have no idea. Ugh. Why don't we ask the person we're calling? Hey, bitch, how do you pronounce your name? Oh, that's polite. Hello? Hi, Naviette? Yes? Surprise, bitch, it's Millennial. What's up? 
Oh my god, this is a joke. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. Goodbye. You're right. It is. Goodbye. <laughs> Bye. Am I pronouncing your name correctly? No. Oh, what a surprise. <laughs> no, no, I get that all the time. It's naive. Naive. Like a little naive that. girl. Yeah. Like you are naive that this is if this is uh a joke. That's exactly what it feels like. <laughs> What's going on down in Florida? Uh I'm actually packing right now for a trip to England. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh where are you going? <laughs> uh I'm flying into Birmingham, but I'm actually going to see my boyfriend in Manchester. Ooh. Oh, that's oh, awesome. Yeah. What is this, a long-distance relationship? Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. That's what, like a seven-hour time difference? Six hours? Uh, It's five hours, oh. and, like, between him and I. Okay. But, like, the travel time to get there is, like, it's going to be 20 hours total, I think. What? Oh, wow. <laughs> Wait, why? Well, because I, like, I have a layover in Iceland <sighs> because Iceland Air has a really good deals going on right now. Okay. Mm, well, yeah, shit. Yeah. I mean, if I'm going to have a layover somewhere, I think I'd want it to be Iceland. That's pretty damn cool. Yeah. No, I'm totally down for that. <laughs> How long has this been long distance? Or was he over here uh, at some point? Or No. <laughs> We have no idea how we're going to do this. Um, but basically, we met back in May, and I work for a cruise ship company, and he oh. was working on the cruise. And so we just we met on the ship. And then we were just like, oh, yeah, let's just keep texting. And then, like, now we're just in a relationship. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's very sweet. Yeah. Shit. Yeah, I... he's super cute. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I used to be in love with somebody in England. I mean, he wasn't in love with me, but like I would have totally long distance. So I understand where you're coming from. That can be hard, though. So, yeah. Yeah. How's the show going, y'all? Oh, good. No, we're talking more about your long distance. I'm just kidding. Are you, I get, does, yeah, the, the Last Jedi comes out there this weekend. Are you, are you going to go see it? The Last Jedi? Yeah, Star the new, new Star Wars movie. Oh, man. I have not caught up with any of the new Star Wars trilogy at all. Oh. Been really... Well, I just, like... Okay, so I just saw them for the first time last year, and, like, that was with the ex I was... The boyfriend I was with at the time. So he was like, oh, my God, new Star Wars coming out, la, la, la. And so I watched all the Star Wars with him. And then we <laughs> broke up before the... Uh, the new trilogy started so we were supposed to go see that together and then like i was just kind of like oh I can't see this movie without him <laughs> kind of place so <laughs> that makes sense <laughs> never been there. yeah yeah that's funny you mentioned that actually um, i even like bought him the dvd and everything so that way you could like we, i was like oh yeah happy birthday i'm gonna give you the dvd and then yeah. like suddenly wait for you to ask me to watch it with you <laughs> yeah that's funny you mentioned that because about two months ago is when tickets went on sale for this movie coming out this weekend and like the guy i was seeing at the time i was like oh let's go see it together but in the back of my head i'm thinking oh fuck are we even going to be together in two months like that's a long ass time from now luckily we still are so i'm glad we bought tickets together (laughs) so you're gonna go see it this weekend (laughs) yeah with him and i'll like give him head in the back it'll be pretty cool that's you know what i think that's what han solo would want 
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, we all remember my my story about how I smuggled the lightsaber into my butt crack and and yeah. stole it. Yeah, I'm gonna bring. Yeah. That. I ha- I can oh, see yeah, it right now. <laughs> I'm gonna bring it. I'm gonna put it down his butt crack during the movie. Andrew, wow. my <laughs> question is: Are you gonna give him a Han job? <laughs> no. Too soon, Laura. No. All right. Can you hang up on her? Is there a way to like hang up just on Laura? Um, I we have a quick little quiz question for you as well. Um, okay. so, so Laura got her Secret Santa gift already. It's a large ass box. And, yeah, and, I saw that. Oh yeah, and uh, so who do you think sent that? Um. Wait, you guys haven't opened the gifts, have you? No, no, not yet. Next week. Okay. Yeah, it's okay. I saw the box. Hmm. Who sent the large ass box? Uh, I'm going to say Andrew. Hmm. Mm. Why? Because mm-hmm. <laughs> I can imagine you thinking like, oh, this is going to come in a large ass box. This is going to be difficult. <laughs> <laughs> I want to make Laura's life difficult. That sounds about right. Yeah. I every day. It'll be particularly funny if, like, the only thing inside of this large ass box is a very tiny box. <laughs> the actual gift is like four inches. It's a butt plug. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, uh, hey, have a nice trip to England. How long are you going to be over there? Three weeks. Oh my god! Why are you like moaning <gasps> about it? Oh, that's sounds awesome. <laughs> No, I'm actually really excited. It's just like, I don't know, most people are like, wow, that's like a long time to be with someone that you like spend no time with. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> we'll yeah. See. Yeah. But it's a beautiful time of year over there with the snow falling and great Christmas decorations. I don't know if you'll get to London. But... I know. We're going to go to the Christmas markets. Oh, okay. Apparently a really big thing Aww. over there. <laughs> nice. Nice. That's adorable. All right. Well, uh, have a good night. Thank you for your support. Yeah. Have a safe day. Thanks for calling, y'all. Absolutely. Thank you. Bye. Happy holidays. Bye. Oh, hung up on her. Oh, my God, Andrew. Christmas is ruined. You're so fucking rude. This is why, (laughs) this is like the war on Christmas right here. This is what Fox News is talking about. Yeah, because I was so pissed you said happy holidays. Say Merry Christmas. Well, I don't know if she celebrates Christmas. <sighs> trying to be inclusive man well, she's going to the christmas market so doesn't mean she celebrates it right yeah because they have signs outside the christmas market that say do not enter here all ye who do not celebrate christmas <laughs> <laughs> oh god if only <laughs> i'm gonna put that above my apartment door do not enter here if ye do not celebrate christmas <laughs> oh come all ye who celebrate christmas <laughs> What's going on in the news this week, Laura? So I wanted to kick off the news uh, with some really good news. Uh, so as of today, a U.S. district judge by the name of Colleen Collar Cottley um, has refused to live part, lift part of her October 30th order that stopped the transgender ban in the military from taking effect. So as of January 1st of next year, the military is going to have to accept trans recruits which is awesome because we remember just a couple of months ago, Donald Trump went on Twitter and announced that he was just going to ban trans people from the military. Um, Never mind all the people who might want to step up and serve. 
our military already has thousands, if not more, trans people serving in it. Yep. So that was a huge slap in the face to the people who are putting their lives on the line every day in our name. Um, this is really great. Um, I'm really excited about it personally. This, like I said, she she was the district judge, the federal judge rather, that um, uh, placed an order on October 30th that stopped the ban from taking effect. And she just like stepped up and was like, nah, not lifting that. Um, so as of right now, this is going forward. They're going to be able to join the military um, under the, like basically what she said was that banning trans people from the military actually violates the constitutional guarantees of due process and equal protection under the law, which seems pretty straightforward to me. Um, the Pentagon has already said it will comply. Uh, those of you who followed this story a couple months ago might remember that after Trump tweeted this, the Pentagon came out and was like, uh, we right. don't know about that. You can't just announce policy changes on Twitter, Mr. Right. President. Um, however, the White House and the Justice Department are, quote, reviewing their options. So you God knows that. what they're going to come up with. But this is definitely a victory for now. And this is something that we need to hold on to. We got to carry this baton all the way to the finish line. We cannot get distracted um, because as we've seen with this administration, the second that any kind of scandal unfolds, they use that time to try and push something completely insidious through. So watch this space. This stories like this give me and just such a raging boner for the founding fathers, because it proves to me that the whole idea of separation of powers is absolutely fundamental and critical to a functional democracy. If we didn't have separation of powers and a judicial branch that had the ability to check the president, whoever he or she may be, um, then Trump could just govern via tweet. And anything he said or did would stick. But the the the, the judicial branch coming down and saying, mm, doesn't quite work that way. Um, just, you know. I'm sure I'm a little biased, but it, it makes, it just fills me with warm fuzzies for Madison and the incredible work that they did setting up the government because obviously they could never have predicted the transgender issue, uh, but they didn't need to. They, they predicted that they predicted was despotism. They predicted was um, a, a lust for, for power and bigotry and, tyranny of the majority and that's really all that they needed to know and they just set up this incredible this incredible system of checks and balances that i love to see in action and you know as much as i i completely side with the lgbtq community on this issue um i kind of feel that way no matter who the president is whenever i see the judicial branch checking powers like this it really just brings a smile to my face yeah, and I feel like just on a larger scale, the Trump administration is probably the biggest test of the U.S. judicial system yeah. that ever was. And seeing stuff like this gives me a little bit of comfort and helps restore my faith in the system. Um, I will admit that faith was uh, greatly shaken after the election last year. So as long as we continue to see this, 
it makes me feel like there's actually a tangible path forward. Like we will survive this. It's going to fucking suck. Don't get me wrong. And like, people are definitely going to be impacted negatively, but just knowing that there are still people out there that are checking his power gives me a, a little bit of peace of mind. To play devil's advocate for a second, though, unfortunately, it comes at the cost of several people losing faith in the justice system because they believe in Trump so much that when they see the justice system disagree with him or strike him down, they follow his lead when he call, when he claims that the judicial system is broken or these judges are messed up. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think there's a segment of that population that we are never going to win back. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Those, I think that folks like that who can never see, see through their own preferences to the beauty of a system like ours with checks and balances are kind of lost causes anyway. And there was nothing that we could have said or done that was going to, that was going to reason with them. I think to celebrate this transgender recruitment news, we should get a gay wedding cake made. Well, maybe, depending on how the Supreme Court rules in this case. Do you guys remember, I think it was about a year ago, that Colorado baker Jack Phillips refused to bake a wedding cake for a gay couple? Um, And originally the court decided that it was illegal then it was legal and you know there was all these um um it went back and forth in the courts and now it went all the way up to the supreme court and does this sound familiar to you guys you had to have oh yes (laughs) okay so the case is masterpiece cake shop versus colorado civil rights commission the supreme court just heard this case uh i think it was just last week they heard oral arguments normally it takes a, a couple of months at least before the ruling comes down so this it's happening it's happening right now supreme court is getting together whatever bunker they live in and they're deciding this as we speak <laughs> and we won't have the decision for a couple of months but i thought it was worth talking about because the oral arguments were really compelling and i think that's a case worth discussing because it's not necessarily in my opinion quite as as clear-cut as it might seem on the surface i think that Everybody on this panel is going to agree strongly that discriminating against anyone for any reason is just wrong and shouldn't be legal and shouldn't be allowed. And I know that I was obviously rooting for the same-sex couple in, in this case, but there is the argument to be made. And one of the problems that Justice Kennedy is having, for example, is not just what this says about this particular case in this particular is- instance, but what kind of precedent it would set for everybody in the country and for all business owners. And that's really the trouble with Supreme Court cases is that you can feel a particular way about that case and still be hesitant and concerned about what precedent it sets. Um, and in the case of, of whether or not you know a, a small business owner should be able to discriminate based off of his or her beliefs I think that it's kind of a tougher call. And I guess my reason is because if you tell, you know, the concern I should say is that if you say to a small business owner, no, like you have to bake a cake for any couple that comes your way, 
regardless of how you feel about that couple or their lifestyle, does that, does that implicate secular businesses, for example? So what if you own a small business and you're a baker and, you know, the clan comes in or just, you know, someone who's super, super, let's put it the other way, super religious. And they want a cake that says, you know, I hate gay people. Do you have to make that cake? What if it's, what if it's the Nazi party or what if it's just, you know, again, like a cake that says like, you know, fuck the LGBT community. Do you have to make that cake? Because if you tell one person you have to, then don't you have to tell the other person you have to. And that's, and I'm not making that argument to be very clear. I'm, I'm saying that that is the concern is that you can't always predict how the precedents are going to sort of, are going to manifest years or or yeah. decades down the road. And so, you know, is obviously like discrimination of any sort is unconstitutional. It's illegal. And in my opinion, this really doesn't have a whole hell of a lot to do with religion because if it did, then that same baker would not be willing to make cakes for people who've been divorced or couples who have right. slept together before they got married or couples who have, uh, not kept kosher or couples like there's a million things that qualify as sins and that baker's willing to make a cake for every single fucking one of them except for a gay couple so to me it doesn't really have a lot to do with religion it's just pure bigotry but i do understand the concern of well then what then what you know like do you tell all bakers in the country you have to make anything people request or what but like the, this, this gay couple wasn't asking for like a cake with two dicks sticking out of it, right? It, it was just two <laughs> men on top. Like, there's nothing really, there's nothing offensive about that. Like, if KKK people walked in and and asked for something to be uh, written on the cake that's offensive, then I think you can say, "Look, I'll bake you this cake, but I'm not going to write something really offensive right. on the top of it." Yeah. I think there's a clear distinction to be made here between, you know, people's personal lives and just out and out hate speech. Right. I, I can't imagine that we would ever set any kind of precedent that tells a small business owner that they have to write any kind of slur or hateful language on a cake. No, that's true. So what if it's not written, though? What if it's a... What if you don't write a damn thing and it's just a normal fucking vanilla cake, but the person you just happen to know through the grapevine or you see their Facebook post or whatever um, is, let's say, super fucking religious and just absolutely hates minorities and the LGBT community. And they even even if they don't tell you what the cake is for, but you just happen to know through the grapevine that the cake is going to be used in like. I don't know, um, a personal capacity or they're taking it to like the I hate gay people party at their local church. Right. Do you still have to bake that cake? Now you're taking the writing out of it. I agree with, I, I completely agree that, that there is a difference, but now what? Do you still well, have to bake the cake? I think you still should. Yeah. I think the same, same rules apply here. You're, you're not, you're not comfortable with where the cake's going to be used, but you got to do it anyway. There's why are you discriminating? And by the way, like what a terrible business owner. It's money. 
The money doesn't have gay yeah. cum all over it. You're not going to catch <laughs> HIV through it. It's 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 the same money. That'd be like if we rejected people signing up for millennial because they're Republicans. We we let Republicans come in because we still like their greedy money. <laughs> Oh, yeah. we, we like them too, but no. I, I mean, I think to, to Elisa's question, I, I understand the discomfort. Like if you personally have interacted with somebody who has expressed ideologies that make you uncomfortable, I can see why as a small business owner, you might feel uncomfortable selling them that cake, uh, plain or not. But I feel like if, if the cake does not have a message on it, I don't really know what its presence at said event does. Yeah. Like, I don't see what it does to negatively impact the community. Like, it wouldn't, like, the news story here would not be like, you know, Millennial Bakery Cake present at KKK March. It would be KKK March and they also ate cake. Like, you know what I mean? So... (laughs) So, I mean, yeah, I think that's always uncomfortable having to interact with those people in any way. But I also think that that's a part of living in society. Uh, yeah. You're always going to have business dealings with people who make you incredibly uncomfortable. And I think that you have every right to be in control of your message. And I think that the writing on that cake is part of your company's message. But if you are not legally required to write something that is directly bigoted or hateful, then yeah let him eat cake i agree and just to be clear you know i'm trying i was just trying to explain i I think it's important in cases like this when we hear from folks who disagree with our personal inclinations to not necessarily jump to the conclusion that they themselves are also bigots and assholes and horrible human beings and that they might have genuine legal concerns with how something might play out. And so I know, you know, there's lots of people who are concerned about the way this case is going to be ruled, Mm -hmm. not because they have any animus towards the LGBT community at all, but just because they're worried about, the precedent that sense and how it could potentially manifest for people of all faiths and backgrounds, including those people who are secular small business owners. And it's just, I think in this, in these times where everything is so, so dramatic and hyped up and tense that the best thing we can do to serve our society and our democracy is to at least attempt to, to understand that many people are just assholes and just bigots but some people aren't and that there are valid legal arguments to be taken into consideration on both sides of this. That said, my personal feeling is once again, that this Baker is just a bigot and it it really wasn't an expression of religious freedom at all. And it was really just him being prejudiced and we can't begin to sanction bigotry and discrimination and in in a contest of you know what is the lesser evil here i think the far lesser evil is putting us in that situation of having to wonder what the precedent's going to be it would be far worse to descript to allow systemic discrimination than it would be to tell bakers you gotta bake whatever cake people ask of you like if that's the choice cakes versus you know, 
versus acceptance and tolerance and constitutional rights, then it's really not a contest to me. Yeah, I agree with you. And I mean, to jump back to Justice Kennedy, he's always the wild card on the Supreme Court. And I just want to remind people that he was the deciding vote when SCOTUS legalized gay marriage in the United States. So I don't think that his, um, his deliberation on this comes from a place of bigotry within himself. I truly do think that he is concerned about the legal ramifications and I don't think that jumping to a rash decision in order to avoid people presuming that you're deliberating because you're a bigot, I think that's a bad choice too. So I, I'm kind of happy that he's taken his time to really think about this. That said, um, I definitely fall on the uh, side of the issue of the gay couple in this for sure. Me too. And I hope, And I hope that the Supreme Court will as well. But we'll know in a couple of months. Quickly, I want to include a couple of comments here from people listening live on patreon.com slash millennial. Angel says, a good way for us to think about this is to say, what if someone came in for a wedding cake and they were 50 marrying a 13-year-old, which is legal in some states in the USA with parental permission, then would you have to make a cake for them? And then uh, Gabby also brings up an example how about a pro-life slash anti-abortion person orders a cake for a baby shower for someone who is forced to carry an unwanted pregnancy? Yeah, exactly. Those are all great examples of things that plenty of secular folks um, and religious folks would have a big problem making that cake for that I think in our rush to defend the LGBT community, understandably, um, considering the shit that they've been going through under this administration, in our rush to defend them, sometimes we forget examples just like those and yeah, that but, those will be impacted. But wait, wait, wait. Do we actually think that if somebody comes in, like, I feel like these are good examples, but I feel like they're coming straight from, like, my college ethics textbook that comes up with, like, really, like, out in like out in left field examples. Like, is somebody really going to come into a bakery and be like, yeah, I'm getting this cake for my 50-year-old cousin who's marrying a 13-year-old, or I, I need a cake for a baby shower in which my friend is being forced to carry a baby to term. They might not say that, but I, I mean, the second example I agree with you is is more academic and and an ethics quandary. But the first example of there being a huge age gap, I personally know people uh, who were in their 40s and married teenagers. Uh, there was a student that my brother went to high school with and now granted she did wait until she was 18 to actually get married but she entered into a relationship as soon as age of consent rolled around which was 15 and it was with uh her former teacher and the teacher was approaching 50 he was in his late 40s and they got married at 18 and i could completely see i mean they did have a wedding cake someone made them a fucking wedding cake uh so i i could see that one happening quite frequently to be honest now is the baker of that cake do you think that baker honestly knew when they were baking the cake like I there's a no. huge age gap here like somebody came in and gave me the whole story no, no, no i don't i don't know how likely it is that people are going to wear that story on their sleeve but certainly it's the frequency of it happening is um for again i think that probably happens more often than we're guessing 
maybe oh, I just sure it does live in a hick town but <laughs> but no, I mean I grew up in a hick town it definitely happens a lot but I just don't see that particular context being something that's gonna come up at a bakery well another example is you know um is, is incest so I again like when I went to college um one of my roommates was in a relationship with their first cousin and everybody knew that because it was such a small ass town and they actually to be fair did have trouble finding someone to like it wasn't about the cake but they did have somebody uh they did have trouble finding someone to plan the wedding for them no one was comfortable planning a wedding for two people who were first cousins um so the question does become do you have to, and I guess my point, my, to answer the listeners questions, in my opinion, yes, those are morally very gray areas and they're good examples, but I think still that it is the lesser evil to yes, bake a cake, even in those examples, because the payoff, the benefit, what you get out of, of doing that is that the LGBT community gets their fucking cake too. And I think that it's better to just not discriminate and to deal with those uncomfortable moral quandaries than it is to accept systemic discrimination. I think so too. I mean, if if I found myself in a situation where I knew that I was baking a cake for a marriage that, like, let's say one that began in incest, I would, of course, have a personal disagreement with that. But if the marriage is lawful right, and what they're doing is legal, who am I to say that they can't do that? And how does me refusing to bake a cake not let them get married? Yeah, they're going to get married anyway. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, too much talk about cakes. Sorry. Now, I'm now I want cake. Yeah. And not by an asshole won't make it for the gays. <laughs> Uh, one other news story to talk about here, and it also brings up a broader discussion about children and technology. Facebook has announced a new version of the Messenger app specifically for kids. It's just called Messenger Kids. It's designed for children ages 6 to 12. It does not require a Facebook account because due to federal law, users under the age of 13 cannot legally sign up for Facebook. So instead, parents are able to manage a child's app from their own Facebook account, controlling which family members and friends their kids are allowed to speak with. Um, so the app does not have ads in it, but it has some of the features that Messenger Messenger does, the Snapchat-like features, the lenses and all that. So so what is how does Facebook benefit here? Well, they're getting these kids hooked early. And that's that's that would that is what worries me i am not a believer in starting kids young with an iphone or an ipod touch or a tablet i think parents have to consider that when their kids start their phone their tablet life their facebook accounts whatever they're gonna have that damn thing for the rest of their lives so the longer you delay it the better it is don't (laughs) The sooner you start them on technology, the sooner their lives are ruined. Just let them live a tech-free life. Don't use Messenger for kids. Don't let them be on Facebook when they're going through middle school. 
I, I just think it's way too young. So I personally don't like this whole messenger for kids thing. And I, I don't really see the purpose of it. Yeah, I don't either. I mean, I don't want kids, but if I did have them, I wouldn't let them start that early on social media. Like yeah. there's just, there's too much to get into. And what concerns me about this is child predators. I hate to go there because it's a really dark place to go, but oftentimes when children are are approached by predators, they tend to be friends or family members, people that they know. Mm-hmm. And uh, this just makes me really uncomfortable. Yeah. Like who, like, like, what uncle wants to be texting their seven-year-old nephew over Facebook Messenger for kids? It's pretty creepy. Yeah, I find it odd. And to me, it just seems like kind of conditioning. I feel like exactly. it's kind of... It, I, yeah, I feel like it's 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 Facebook's way of getting kids hooked on their product earlier as, so that they just retain their little sycophants for their entire lives mm-hmm. I, I it just it just to me smacks of opportunism and marketing and conditioning and not really so much a product that's actually useful in any meaningful way yeah yeah there's no i mean if you want your kid to be able to communicate just with other family members just let them text and i think it, it more falls on apple to set up smaller versions of the operating system where kids have less control of who they can contact. I wouldn't allow or trust Facebook to be doing this. But it also reminded me, like I was in Disney World a couple weeks ago and I'm going home one night um, with a listener of the show, actually, Haley. And I I see a, a mom and her kid sitting next to me on the monorail. The mom is glued to her phone and the kid keeps trying to talk to her. And she does not look away, barely paying attention. I'm seeing what she's doing. She's just swiping through Facebook. And I feel so bad for kids who see their parents just staring at their phones all day. Because what is this teaching the kid? To stare at their own phone all day once they get it. I think it's such a terrible and terrifying example to set for your kids. And it always makes me think that if I ever have kids, I am going to strive to not let them see me using my phone because I don't want them to catch that habit. It's inevitable that they will be tempted to do that, staring at the phone all day because we all do. We all can't help it. But I want, I don't want to set that example for them. Nobody else do it either, please. Okay. Makes yeah. me sad. This mom is just going to be shocked one day. You know, she spent this kid's whole life glued to her phone. She's going to turn to him and he's going to be fully grown. He's going to be like, Hey mom. She'll be like, Oh my God, Jimmy. I thought you were eight. <laughs> Jimmy, stop. Look at me. Stop looking at your phone. Mom, that's all you did while I was growing up. We were at freaking Disney and you couldn't look away from your phone. Ugh. Mom fail. Mom fail. <laughs> all right, Laura, you have a bit of a game for us this week. Yeah. So this is a, a combination of a couple of our segments, uh, the number and what the fuck news. So typically the way the number is played, Andrew usually hosts it. And he comes up with some obscure thing that millennials are usually doing and and then asks us to guess 
the number that's related to that. So like, what's the average dollar amount of student loans paid every year, the average number of sexual partners that millennials have, et cetera, et cetera. Well, this is going to be kind of the opposite. I'm going to give you guys the number, oh, but then ask you to guess what item that number relates to. Mm. Does that sound good? Okay. All right. You, you ready? I don't know. This sounds, <laughs> you're making it sound like very threatening. Well, it. you'll see why. Okay. So for the last decade, these things have been washing up on British Columbian shores. The 13th of these things washed up this past week. What is the thing that's been washing up for a decade? Alien body. Alien body? Okay. Like one or multiple alien bodies? 13 (laughs) apparently. I'm going to say pirate treasure. Pirate treasure, mm-hmm. like, like booty. No, like a treasure chest, like oh, in Zelda, mm-hmm. like a full treasure chest. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, Good guesses. Anything else? Yeah, yeah. Hang on. All right. Washing up. This sounds. This this sounds bad. <laughs> it is <laughs> washing anything that washes up on a shore. Like it's you know it's not gonna be. It's not going to be gold. It's usually like a dead body. Um, yeah. I'm going to... What? Okay. I'm going to say like a bomb of some kind. Like an oh. old, old bomb. Like, you know how like in minefields there will be like old World War II? Uh, oh, yeah. Like buried in minefields. But well, certainly that there's there's like aquatic versions of that that submarines. I don't know. That's one guess how about skulls that'll be my last guess skulls okay you guys were you you were getting really really close to what it is so the item is dismembered human feet i Hmm. fucking i said dead bodies (laughs) (laughs) but it's just the feet what okay but why just 13 because that's an odd number and well, everyone they're not, has, they're not pairs of feet, just individual feet. That's what I'm saying is so fucked up. Like <laughs> if you're gonna dismember a human, you should at least tie their feet together. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the worst part of this. So the 13th foot was found this last week by a man and his dog taking a walk on the beach. Oh, look that at that. That would be the last time I leave my house. <laughs> And do they have any idea where these are coming from? No. So that's the really weird thing. Um, this has been happening for the last decade. They have only been able to identify eight of the 13 uh, remains, but they don't have any reason to believe that foul play was involved or that the cases are even connected. Yeah. There's there's just clearly some sort of fucking foot monster out in the Pacific Ocean that is eating people when they drown and spitting up their left foot and sending it back to the coast. But like, what do we think is happening? I I find it kind of hard to believe that this isn't some kind of fucked up pattern. Yeah, what's happening is there's a serial murderer who is, hold on, I'm pulling up a map here, murdering these people up in Iceland, throwing them into the South Shore... And then some water channel kind of lifts the feet 
and a few months later they show up in the UK. It's not this isn't that hard to figure no, out. No, but this is British British Columbia, so it's Canada. Oh, British Columbia. Okay, hold on. Moving my map over over. Um Alaska. There's somebody cutting it, people up in Alaska and it's floating down. This is definitely somehow America's fault. <laughs> there is no way that feet are washing up on Canadian shore on Canadian shores and it's not Americans causing this. Somehow, I don't know how. I definitely I I agree. There's there's some kind of serial killer or there's just like a bunch of bodies floating somewhere and I don't know. That's that's really kind of that would scare the shit out of me. So here's here's my question though is like you said this has been happening for the last, what, 10 years? Yeah. So that's like, that's more than one a year. And that tells me, but that's spaced out. That's still pretty spaced out. So that tells me that something like active is going on. If there was just like, you know, a really tragic, you know, accident, like a shipwreck or something, then I feel like it all would have happened at once. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I feel like the fact that this was has been spaced out over over a decade tells me that that this is happening to folks, you know, deliberately in some fashion. Yeah, well, that so like I'm obsessed with serial killers, and I don't say that to sound <laughs> creepy. I just always have been. I find the psychology fascinating, and I mean, these are the kinds of trends that they work in. Like they they do their kills really spread out to try and draw attention away from them but Mm. ultimately they almost always end up getting caught because they continue with the same pattern i'm gonna guess it's sarah palin (laughs) murdering people she's bored these days i don't think she's that smart you said 10 years and it's been about 10 years since the 2008 election Hmm? Mm. Mm. Mm -hmm. could be john mccain could be his feet falling off again and again. He is pretty old. <laughs> oh my god! But yeah, um, all right. Just when you think the world is not fucked up enough, remember that dismembered feet are washing up in Canada. <laughs> well, thank you for enlightening us. If you if you gather new information while you uh, investigate this this string of murders, let us know. A uh, couple a uh, couple pieces of listener feedback here. Here's an interesting one. I'll be happy to answer this for somebody. I've never done anal or put anything up my ass, except just now I had to have my temperature taken rectally, and it wasn't painful or anything, but I still still feel all different. How do you do how do you just go around being like, "Yeah, I just had a thing up my ass all day?" So, we have a listener here wondering how you can get banged in the butt and still operate like a normal human being ladies do you want to take this i mean why not why not well i don't i i guess i don't understand the feeling i mean so it's not like your it's not like your butt falls off it is kind of crazy as i write in never sever us it's kind of surreal for something to be inside you he was inside me. Oh, it's, God. It's that just, was... <laughs> accurate. It was accurate. Um, so I guess maybe the first time it's kind of crazy, but then you get used to it. 
And now I don't even think about it the you know, a half hour after it happened. I, I gave Laura a new term tonight. There's a term called bottom buzzed. And that is a term in the gay community. It means you are riding high on bottoming after the fact. I mean, yeah, he, he asked me if I had a bottom buzz. <laughs> the answer to that's always yes. <laughs> uh, were you going to say something, Elisa? I just don't, I kind of agree with Laura. I don't see, I don't know, maybe, I don't see the big deal with having something in your butt. I mean, as you all know. <laughs> and stuck there for a while. When does Elisa not have something in her butt is the question. Listen, that was not an ideal situation and I'm not trying to repeat that, but you know, I don't think it's, I don't think it's, I don't think it's a big deal. I feel like, I don't know. I feel like it's okay. I do get, I do get the bottom buzz thing though. I I think that's kind of like the same to me. It seems like a, um, just a more specific version of like an afterglow. Yeah. When you're like really kind of high end and feel all, you know, mushy and excited about like the awesome sex you just had. Mm. Exactly. Yeah. So look, um, put that thermometer up your butt a couple more times and you'll get used to it. Tell us what the temperature is, though, because <laughs> I feel like that's some, a part of the story that got missed. Presumably, it would be your usual internal body temp, right? Which is 98.6 Fahrenheit. Well, if you're well, if you're not sick. Yeah. Yeah. Why did you need that up your butt anyway? Yeah, what's the real mystery here is why did you have to have an anal thermometer? Like, was there not a normal one around? (laughs) I'm Googling it. Um, A rectal temperature is a way of taking your child's temperature. Ooh. Uh, caregivers may want rectal temperatures taken on children less than five years old. Ooh. No. Today mm-hmm. I learned. Not yeah. going to do that. <laughs> Not oh, gonna. okay. So according to drugs.com, the rectal <laughs> temperature... <laughs> according to hypable.com, the, <laughs> the rectal temperature is the most exact way to know if your child has a fever. It's the closest way to finding the body's true temperature. So I guess the mouth temperature is fake news. The 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 real temp, the real news is what's in the butt. Interesting. So that just tells us though that whoever wrote this in was maybe a child, and that <laughs> concerns me far more than anything going in anyone's butt. Yeah, me too. Uh, if you are five, don't listen to the show. Now maybe I'm on just the... don't listen to the show. Now it's... I'm. Now I'm on the rectal thermometry Wikipedia page. Who knew there was such a thing? Yeah, that's just going to be like a slippery slope into some rectal thermometry porn for you, Andrew. (laughs) Well, I mean, that's a great point because you see all this porn in the doctor's office, but Mm -hmm. they never lead in by taking the rectal temperature. It's always like, oh, let me just inspect your butthole. Oh, here comes my dick. (laughs) Like, okay. What a, what a terrible lead-in. Hey, maybe they're using their dick as the thermometer. <laughs> well, why like, would they yep, say yep, that? That's a that's a that's a good ninety-eight point six degrees right there. Yeah. Coming up in after dark, we're going to get to a little more feedback. And what's coming up later this week, Laura? 
So the FCC is voting on whether or not it will kill net neutrality on Thursday, December 14th. I hate to say it, uh, but goodbye, free internet. As we said last week, uh, Ajit Pai, Ajit Pai, excuse me, and the FCC board members, uh, it's that board is made up of a majority of Republicans. And it looks like that vote's going to go along party lines. So goodbye. Hmm. Show's over. So Laura and I are going to be recording a couple of landies before our holiday break. And we'll talk about that and some other topics um, on those video installments over at patreon.com slash millennial. And speaking of our Patreon, like I said, in After Dark to this this week, we're going to have a couple more pieces of feedback. Uh, In particular, a couple of new confessions. We continue to get some great stuff. So thank you for being honest with us. We really appreciate the openness of our listeners and speaking of porn i think the first one we're going to get into uh is related to porn and andrew's love of family dick oh god i haven't <laughs> read this yet oh my uh, oh yeah oh 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 okay <laughs> oh yeah. boy all right well uh what's our closing song this week does family dick have a theme song oh my god <laughs> family matters any ideas for... I don't know. This isn't my job. Oh, ah! wow. Sometimes it's a team effort, Laura. Yeah, nope. I've been slacking on the outro music lately. Uh... We can do a Beat It for Andrew. <laughs> wow. That's a good one. <laughs> That's a good one. Yeah. I was going to do something Star Wars. Say something Star Wars related, but... Did Michael Jackson do a Star Wars song? Just kidding. We'll play Beat It. <laughs> a couple reminders. Check out our website at millennialshow.com. We'd also love a review over on iTunes or the podcasting client that you use. If there's a review section, we'd love for you to leave some feedback about the show so other potential new listeners can discover us. Next week will be our holiday finale extravaganza. All four of us will be on. We'll open our Secret Santa gifts. We'll review the year. We'll preview the new year. We'll review some family dick videos. A lot will mm-hmm. be happening. Oh, and we'll get drunk. Oh, I forgot about that part. We always get drunk on the air for the Christmas show. Yeah. So tune in. Okay, sounds good. Thanks, everybody, for listening. I'm Andrew. I'm Lisa. And I'm Laura. See you next time. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.